All right, welcome back to another episode of the Big Hoss Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Rutherford, and a great sports weekend. Fan, absolutely fantastic sports weekend. We had NFL return with a great slate of games, which I'll get to. But then Tuesday night, all NBA basketball. First, we had the Celtics and the Heat in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Great game, and also Game 7 of the Western Conference Semifinals with the Nuggets and the Clippers. I'm sure you guys know what happened, but we're just going to break down the game a little bit, talk about things I saw, predictions for the next round. This podcast will be on mostly, actually all NBA, and then I'll have one also coming out. Uh, when this releases, that'll be all about the kind of an NFL recap as well. So this is more NBA recap. Next one will be M- uh, NFL. So jumping into this game seven, wow, the Nuggets pull off another absolutely insane comeback down from 3-1. Unheard of that they, they do that twice in the same in the same preseason. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. Hats off to this team. Um, Jokic and, and Murray are something special to watch and everyone I mean they they got their guys to rally and and play together hats off to Mike Malone for getting his guys rallied and and giving them the motivation to come back and and play because they're with that mentality that hey we've been down like this before we've come back and they do it again I I I counted them out in the Utah series after after they went down through and I'm just like I just don't I was talking about Jamal Murray trades. I think maybe even on one of these earlier episodes where it's just I didn't see this coming at all, and I'm surprised but also very happy. Jokic was something. He is the best center in the league. He proved that this past series. I think if anything, it solidified for him. And this was kind of his coming out party as I am. I have potential to be one of the best centers to play the game in the past ten years. Nobody ever has been able to pass the ball like he does off the dribble. It's kind of amazing to watch. It's really amazing to watch because all they were talking about it last night. Um, the announcers were talking. Sam Van Gundy um, was saying, you look at these old big passing centers who, you know, your, your Bill Waltons and some Arvidas Sabonis, they all pass, you know, from, from the post. Jokic is passing off the dribble. And he's passing in transition. He's playing like he's not playing like a center. He's playing like a giant John Stockton kind of player. I mean, that's a, a generous example. But his passing ability, his court vision is insane. And at that point, he has his little shot where he just basically just turns. He comes back to you, flips his pivot foot, looks to the basket, kind of puts the ball behind his head, and just looks like it hits the ceiling. And then goes in and just consistently makes that shot. So they start coming over to double team him because he's facilitating the floor and making those shots. And then you have him on a on a four on three. So he's gonna find the open guy every time. It's it's like he's playing two K and they have the little th- arrows on the floor where it's like I know this guy's gonna be right here. I know he's gonna be here. And he just makes the pass. He's got eyes in the back of his head. It's insane. Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo were talking this morning. They put it. I think a, a fantastic way where it looked like they said it looked like he had the answers to the test while he was taking the test. Like everything they threw at him, he just like this, boom. Okay. I know what I'm going to do if they do this. And it was amazing to watch him facilitate the floor that well. 
find open guys reliably. He had, what did he have, 13 assists. And in the first half, they shot pretty bad. Um, I remember watching some of that. And, you know, Gary Harris was missing threes. And Jeremy Grant wasn't hitting anything. He could have easily had close to 20 assists if some stuff was falling, really. And it's just amazing to, to have a big guy with that much passing ability. And then, geez, Jamal Murray, that dude puts up a 40-piece. He was scoring. What the amazing part is he's scoring at against some of the best defenders in this league. They're throwing Kawhi, Paul George, Pat Beverly at him, and he's getting by him. He's creating open looks. Some of the shots he makes are just like that one at the end of the game from it's like 20, 28 feet or something, a little step back right over the top of, um, I think it was Patrick Beverly, just in ridiculous range. Looked like Dame with that shot, just how, how deep it was and how clutch it was. And this team, even early, like you look and they're down some points, you're like, crap, well, this could be, this could get out of hand. And they go down seven early in the third, and you're like, well, crap, this could be bad now because it's Clippers. All you got to do is close this game out. And then they go on a big run, like a 14-point swap where they're down. They go from down seven to up seven, and then they just put their foot on the gas and finish the game. We'll get to the Clippers in a second, but the role players stepped up in the second half for Denver. Guys like Jeremy Grant, Gary Harris, even Paul Millsap chipped in, and then Porter didn't have a great game. He had some clutch rebounds. I mean, he had seven rebounds, but that was really his only big stat of the game but these guys stepped up they made some shots because I mean they're getting open looks so it's just a chance of you know eventually they're going to fall because the defenders are so drawn to first off Jamal Murray who's just putting the ball in the bucket anytime he wants to and then you throw a double at him you get Jokic in a four on three so it's what you want every time as a Nuggets, he's going to find the open guy no matter what. So that's what's so dangerous is you can't double, which allows Jamal Murray to go crazy and score all these points. Jokic, I mean, he only had 16, but he opened up the floor so much. Him just being on the floor is insane how much it actually it polarizes the defense. But this, the role players did make – in the first half, I was scared. I was like, man, if – I don't know if Jokic and Murray can do it, but they had really no help. They were shooting bad. They were getting great looks, and and weren't putting, weren't making anything. So I was a little worried, but they came out in the second half and and they stepped up. A lot of credit to them, and which also interests me. Um, I mean, they're not the deepest team at all. They only played what eight? Ooh, I guess they did play nine deep. But not not big minutes. Plumley played eight minutes. Porter Jr. didn't have a good game. But they're they're just relying on these two guys that are playing off each other so well that they're ended up winning games and coming back like this. They like to play from down. It gives them a little fire, and it's it's very fun to watch. Yoga's twenty two rebounds were just ridiculous, and I'm dissed on the Nuggets defense, and I'm dissed on Jokic's defense specifically a lot because there's some times where he just plays some pretty bad defense and like really bad defense for being such a big guy but 
there's some times in this game where I tell you he stepped up. He had three blocks and two steals. Like he he got his defensive stuff together and and hats off to that because that's the thing that's going to take him to the next level. And if he's defending well, well doing everything we know he's capable of on the offensive offensive side of the ball, he's he's going to be one of the best. He's going to be the best center in the league for the foreseeable future. Nuggets now go to play the Lakers, and I'll get to that series later. We're going to do a little why each team can go to the finals um, at the end of this episode. But we're going to get into Clippers because this is a lot to talk about with these guys. First off, the swagger that they had all season long, you would have thought they were the 96 Bulls who coming off three-peat and they're going back for another and they got their star players and they got the pieces and they just carry themselves like they're just this dynasty and they haven't won anything the stuff you look back at some of the posts and them and how they're talking about the parades in LA and it's they just like gave it to themselves and then never backed it up did they have the potential hell yeah we saw that where there's some games where they go out and they play like ridiculous there's everything's like and there were some games against dallas where like wow this team looks good they really do look good and then they have this great game and then they just shut down they're like, okay we're the best we're gonna win and they get complacent and then they get jumped on by a nuggets team it happened a little bit in the dallas series as well and then they just never recover from that so once they get down they're like oh shoot we could actually lose and they time to play clutch and then they choke it was like like it was a historic choke last night for the Clippers. They just look freaked. They look absolutely freaked in that second half. Like a deer in the headlights is exactly the right example because they just got down and were like, well, crap, now we have to now we have to pony up and play and make some big shots, and they didn't. Kawhi Leonard had, a, had an awful game, and I think a big thing, they are talking about it last night too, is we have to hold him to the same standard that we would as any other superstar in this situation, especially LeBron, because he gets held to a higher standard than than anybody else. If this is LeBron, who just blows a 3-1 lead, imagine the backlash that he would be receiving. Even if he would won in this Game 7, like it would be double what Kawhi is facing. And that, a little bit is because of his personality. But at the same time, he had to come up clutch, and he didn't. The thing I do respect about Kawhi in this, especially in this game seven, was when everybody else kind of got freaked out, he he locked in a little bit and was like, okay, I'm going to try to take over. He just wasn't, the shots weren't falling for him, which, you know, is a little bit, it is his fault, but the fact that he was turning it on and still attacking that late in the game, whereas everybody else on that Clippers team just like deflated in the second half they didn't have any fire Paul George was atrocious got to the line one time two for 11 from three with 10 points like the end of the game he breaks one off the side of the backboard and has a couple careless turnovers like he had five turnovers five turnovers in a game seven and 10 points like you can't get away with that he was minus 20. There was plus minus. It's ridiculous. 
you're saying this guy's the second best player on your team. It's that's unacceptable. And he's had some spurts. And you know, it's Paul George is gonna have games where he puts up thirty. But this this is when you need him to step up. Same with Kawhi. You need your best players to be on in Game Seven, and they got absolutely outplayed. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic were head and shoulders above these two. What did they? They had. 24 combined. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the two that were supposed to lead this team to a championship. It's it's just that's you you can't have that from your best guys and expect to go to a championship. Lou Will, I mean, he's done some good stuff. He's he's played well in in big situations for them, but he's such a liability on defense. They just seek him out every single time. Got Jamal Murray on him and and that's a mismatch. Every single time, Harold got destroyed by Jokic down low. They're just, and then you get in the second half, and the Clippers just like left. Basically, it's like they weren't playing. It was, it was weird. I've never seen, especially in a game seven where there's no, there's no fight, there's no fire in a team. And I mean, you can always ask that question about how how Kawhi holds himself if he's that leader. That's going to get him fired up, but. I'll tell you what, that was that was not acceptable for the two stars. And the Clippers would be interesting to see what they do now. I I think you have you you can't break up anything. I I wouldn't. But they were always a championship or bust kind of team. We everybody thought that. It was the kind of the consensus pick for most people that the, this Clippers team was was going to go to the finals at least. And now you have Paul George coming out saying, "Oh, it was never a it was never a championship or bust season for us." I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Just making excuses for this is not what we what you guys need right now. And we'll see what happens. But another thing, the funniest part of the night was Dame and CJ absolutely just clowning on these guys who talked so much trash to them before. Uh, when they played in the was it like game seven of the bubble or something, they were just if you haven't read those on Twitter, um, go read those. It's just they were just roasting the ever loving snot out of out of the Clippers. But I think this team could come back and do. I mean, if they keep this this team together, they're insanely deep. You look at their bench: they have Jermichael Green, Montrez Harrell, Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams. Like that is a that nine-man rotation is just is lethal. It really is. So I'd like to see a little fire because this team could definitely go far. They're definitely a championship team. They have the talent. It's just a matter of getting their mentality right and coming up big in, in crunch time. So Heat-Celtics game one, the game before, they kind of got overshot because of the game seven. But wow, was it a fun game. Probably a more fun game to watch. It just was less important, I guess, is maybe not the right word. But game one, insane battle at the end um, of regulation. It goes to overtime, some big plays in OT. Um, Pulling up the box score right here. Let's start with the Heat. They, 
I've said this since they played the Pacers in that early series. I predicted them to upset the Bucks. I just really like this team. They have all the makings of a championship team. I'm not saying that's exactly what they're they're going to do, but they definitely have the potential. You look, you got the thing about Jimmy Butler is he's their leader, right? He get, he went down there. He's a Miami Heat player. You just have that. He just has that identity. And what I love about him is he's got that that mentality that I'm not saying he's got the same amount of talent, but he's got a mentality that reminds me of the Jordan Kobe a little bit, where he's going to find every single little detail that pisses him off, and he's going to use that as fire to go get you. Just like the TJ Warren thing. He just had that lit under his butt. He tucked it away. When that game, when that series rolled around, he's like, hey, look. And he, he proved to him. He's, you know, internal motivation, getting his team fired up. He's a fantastic leader, the center of this team. And he was clutch tonight, absolutely clutch. That that and one he had, which was kind of a debatable foul, but goes in there, gets the and one, drills a free throw. Forces OT, goes make some big plays in overtime. Guy's amazing. He's the guy you want as the leader of your team. He's got everybody's back. Just a, a solid team player all around. But one through nine, I'm not sure if there's a better if there's a better roster in the league than this Miami Heat team. They started Bam Jimmy, Jay Crowder, Dragic Robinson. Then Olenek, Jones, Iggy, Nunn, and Harrell. Like that 10-man roster is insane. Their bench can compete with anybody, and that's where they're that's where they're coming up big against Boston. Is when they're when Boston's playing Brad Wanamaker, um, Robert Williams, and Grant Williams. Miami has, I mean, Nunn and Harrell, and Olenek in, and I I take the Heat's bench. 10 times out of 10 against the Celtics bench. That's how they're they're making runs and they're taking advantage of when the Celtics are giving their stars a rest. But this just has the makings of a, of a just really well put together team. You got Drogic, an experienced point guard. He facilitates the floor so well. He knows when to step up. He's cool, calm, collected, shot great from the line, 50% from three, four assists, seven boards. 29 points like he he knows when to step up he knows when to find his guys great point guard for this for this team and then you got Tyler Harrow who in this past few the end of the Buck series some of those shots he made were like ridiculous and then he comes out here so clutch is the best word for this kid 20 years old he's going out there and hitting big shots with just cool hand just confident got a beautiful stroke and can hit put the ball in the bucket all the time when he gets the ball in his hands out out on the three got a great shot he had 12 11 and 9 and he hit the big he hits the big shots when they need him stepped up huge kid plays pretty good defense 
that's the thing about this team. Duncan Robinson, he had a tough game, so Harrell comes in, steps up, plays big minutes, and plays well. If Harrell or if you know Jay Crowder's having a tough game, you can have other guys come in and step up. Kelly Olenek off the bench is a great asset to have. He didn't play much, but he's a good shooter. Derek Jones Jr. is a great defensive asset to have off the bench. He came he came in big in the in the Buck series where he could come in and guard Giannis. This Heat team is just they're fantastic. And then Bam is the future. He is something special. Shot eight for eleven from the line, which is great. He knows he's he's smart on the offensive end where he can he can back cut and find his find little openings. So he had nine assists. I mean, for for a big guy, he facilitates well, and rim protector like crazy. That block against Jason Tatum might have been the best block I've ever seen. Like in terms of just straight, like people are talking about the best blocks in in NBA history, and obviously LeBron's on Iguodala in the. Game seven of the finals was a, a bigger impact block, but in terms of just how impressive the block was, I don't know if there's anyone any block better than Bam's, because Tatum was like head at the rim, ball cocked, like all force going down, and he just gets his hand up there, and it's it's almost in the cylinder, and he muscles it out of there to. St- to, to stop them from tying the game at the end of OT. Absolutely amazing. Most clutch block I've ever seen. That, I will, I was speechless. My jaw was on the floor when I watched that. Absolutely amazing by this kid. This is going to be a fun series. This Heat team can go to the finals. They really can. They're, they match up well against the Celtics. The Celtics, they kind of blew this one. They had it. They had a good fourth quarter. And they they kind of blew it. Kemba had some good plays. Um, he There's some times where he could, I mean, he didn't shoot great from three. This is a little concerning, but the little step backs are, he had some clutch shots there. Marcus Smart is the guy who's stepping up like ridiculous. Like it's solid how much he's how much of a important piece he's been for this team like he shot what 6 for 13 from 3 26 points a tremendous defender the only the only real big Achilles heel like they're Tatum Tatum Walker Smart and Brown are four really solid players and they can lead a team for sure, but the surrounding cast, like, Cantor can only play in certain situations. You can't play him really that much in this series. And then you're giving Wanamaker 25 minutes. Semi Ojali's playing 10 minutes. Like, that's that hurts because while Semi Ojali's playing, Tyler Harrow's coming off the bench, and so is Iguodala. And that's just a matchup. If you're Brad Stevens, you're just dreading that they don't take advantage, and they have been, or they did in game one. I just get concerned when Brad Wanamaker and Semi Ojeley are out on the floor for the Celtics. But Tatum is ridiculously good. Like, 
it's he's a future. I know I've, I've said it kind of a lot, but he has a lot of potential to be a top five player in this league in the next few years. The only issue I had in this game was that last possession. Um, in in regulation, what he did in OT when he got blocked, he needs to do earlier. He takes a a little step back, twenty nine foot three. That's just off of one foot. Guys closing out off balance. I don't like that shot as the game winner. I want I want him to take it take it to the rack. At least try to get a. I mean, you're gonna put the ball in the bucket. You're gonna get fouled. It's a win win situation. That's always better than taking a step back three when you already have shot. Not you know your shot wasn't falling all game. You only shot four for twelve. That was a little worrying for me, um, but that's, I mean, I think part of that's just being young. He's got a bright future, but they're going to really have to let Tatum and Brown just do their thing, have Kemba chip in a little bit more if he can shoot a little bit better. They're in this game, but they, they have to capitalize when, when Tatum, Brown, and Walker are on the floor because when they're not, the Heat are gonna, they're going to punish you. So lastly, we're just going to end off real quick with a little why each team can go to the finals. Take a few minutes. Why the Nuggets can beat the Lakers and go to the finals is if is, it's going to be Jamal Murray. It's going to be interesting to see what Jokic does because they have AD, a way better defender than anybody he he had faced in the Clippers series, like Harrell and, and Zubac is not, you know, they're not Anthony Davis. I think it'll take away the double teams a little bit a little bit more because AD is just a, a better defender. He's bigger, longer, stronger. All in all, just better than those guys. But Jamal Murray's the big X factor because who's going to guard him? They The Lakers don't have anybody to guard him right now. You gonna, can Tavius call up Hope, Rondo, Danny Green? I like that matchup. I love that matchup on the Nuggets because now you have to double him if he starts going crazy. And then, then you can find Jokic and have him make that extra pass to find the open guy because you know he will. That's the situation for the Nuggets is the Lakers just can't combat. They don't have a guy to, to throw at Jamal Murray. Lakers, why they can beat the Nuggets is AD's just he's going to have to lock up on Jokic and kind of jam up the offense and, and make Jamal Murray beat him and then throw some doubles and just deny the ball from Jokic. But AD is going to be a big, big X factor on the defensive end. And on the offensive end, it's going to be – it's a tough matchup for the for the Nuggets on the off, um, when the Lakers got the ball because you don't really have a reliable – well, the Nuggets aren't a great defensive team. There's no really – I don't – I like AD over Jokic and – Nobody's going to guard LeBron, so they're they're just going to score a lot of points. I think it's going to be some high-scoring games, and LeBron and AD are going to probably have 30, 35 each because there's just nobody to stop them. And that's their situation is they can just roll an offense so well that there's they can give up a little, a little bit on the defensive end. And then on the Eastern Conference, why the Heat, how the Heat can make the finals is. They do what they've done, play team basketball, find the next guy to step up, 
and then seek out Kemba Walker on on the switches for whoever's out there because he's hasn't been playing good defense, and then just punish the Celtics when they have their their semi Ojalis and Brad Wanamakers and Robert Williams on the floor because they can capitalize on that and their bench is way miles better than the Celtics benches. The Celtics can they can win if Tatum just does his thing, he goes out and scores forty, which he's hundred percent capable of. And Kemba can shoot a little bit better. They shot not the not great. So if, if they can clean up the the three point shooting a little bit if Kemba can get into a rhythm, this is a dangerous team. But they got to keep their foot on the gas if they get a little bit of, a little bit of an edge, which is the tough part. So they have to capitalize when their stars are on the floor because when you got Tatum and Brown and Walker, they're they're going to consistently get you points. You just need them to get a, you a big enough lead where you don't lose it when you're when you're sixth man through nine man coming. So that was just a little recap of the game seven of the Western Conference semifinals and then game one of the Eastern Conference finals. And then it's a bit of why each team, I think, or what the, each team has to do to go to the finals. So thank you guys so much for listening. And go follow the Instagram that's up at Big Hot Sports. Go follow Instagram and then leave feedback there. DM me if you have questions, comments, anything about about the pod. And thank you for tuning in. And also go check out the NFL one that will be coming out momentarily. Thank you guys, and I'll see you in the next one.